Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Files series with the reigning, defending, undisputed Fantasy Football QB1 of the world, Josh Allen, number 17 in your programs, number one in your hearts. Look, I, ever since I stepped foot in PFF, which was last June, so happy one year to me, uh, I've been the resident Josh Allen super fan. Now, look, this was not this is not my way of saying like, I saw this coming that I just knew Josh Allen was going to be this future MVP candidate and all that. Absolutely not. I loved Josh Allen for a lot of the same reasons, only to a higher extent that I talk about with guys like drew lock. I love the 2018, 2019 version of Josh Allen because he was this entertaining, reckless gunslinger that had the most, you know, YOLO ball DGAF attitude we've ever seen. I mean, the stuff this guy did was, you know, incredible on a hilarious, scale at times he unironically threw a pass 60 yards downfield in overtime of a wild card game to his double covered fullback before that moment he lateraled with under two minutes to go to i think dawson knox after running for like 20 yards i mean the plays that josh allen put on film from 2018 2019 don't worry i have a twitter with those exact highlights uh, you can check out over at iheart it's the plays he put on film were hilarious did not always lead to great real life goodness. The bills were 15 and 12 with Allen starting during the first two years, never finished with a top 20 scoring offense during those two seasons. So in real life, there was a lot to still be out there. You know, is he actually going to be a great real life quarterback, but he was always a great fantasy quarterback because what do we always say on here? People dual threat QBs are the closest thing. Fantasy football has to a cheat code right there alongside receiving RBs and Josh Allen during his first two years in the league totaled 17 rushing touchdowns, happened to add on another eight in 2020. And this takes us to, you know, what we all saw happen last year. That was Josh Allen ball the hell out. I mean, I'm just, I guess my kind of reasoning for starting off with the entertainment factor, like nobody could have seen this big of a jump coming. He improved from 2018 and 2019 by a little bit, you know, yards per time went from 6.5 to 6.7 uh, adjusted completion rate went from 64.7% to 71.7%. We saw him take a step forward in 2019 and that was great. But the 2020 step forward was absolutely spectacular. 66 PFF passing grade in 2019 went up to 90.4 in 2020 big time throw rate went from 2.8% to 5.8%. His turnover worthy play rate decreased for the second straight year yards per went from 6.7 to 7.9 and that adjusted completion rate went all the way up to 79.1 percent still a great fantasy qb in fact the best fantasy qb last year and again just those improvements all the way around were incredible the only issue and remember his turnover worthy play rate did drop it went from 3.9 percent to 3.5 percent it was five percent as a rookie he's getting better at not making boneheaded decisions but you know there's only so much you can do you got you want that beast you want josh allen to be you know the same beast but a different monster you guys ever see that uh kobe bryant kanye west uh video from a while ago it's you know kanye looking at kobe and kobe just uh tells him, you know, like more, more records, more awards. He goes, are you a different beast, but the same animal? I think those were his words. And Kanye is just like, what the, what the F he talking about Kobe Bryant. So Josh Allen in 2020 was the same beast, but a different animal. We need him to continue to kind of get in on that just a little bit more, because again, he was still reckless with the ball. Only Carson Wentz had more turnover worthy plays last season. It kind of is a factor though, people. And I'll try to pull up this leaderboard as I'm talking here, turnover worthy plays, 
okay, you don't want turnovers, but it is a little bit of a factor in a quarterback that's willing to take chances downfield. And throughout Josh Allen's career, for better and for worse, usually better in 2020, more so on the worst side of things in 2018, 2019, Allen forced defenses to cover every square inch of the field because he has a freaking howitzer for a right arm and he can run around. Like, and he's got the freaking decision making uh, at times where he's, you, ne you never know what's going to happen. So, truly, when he's back there, you don't know. And because of that, last year he had 22 turnover worthy plays. Carson Wentz had 24. Drew Locke had 22. But here, here's, here's the thing, though. If you do that top three, it's not going to make Josh Allen look all that good. But if we go down to the top five, we see Matt Ryan, number four, and then Patrick Mahomes, Trubisky, Ryan Tannehill, Nick Mullins tied at five. There is a fine line between, you know, being too turnover worthy and or just doing too much of that and, you know, making smart football decisions. Allen's getting better to, to toe in that line in a more appropriate manner, just still has a little bit of a ways to go. And that's really the only knock we can give him at this point. I mean, he was the league's basically best play action passer last year, which is helping him out. But even just removing those, I mean, when he was under pressure, he was actually third in touchdown passes behind only Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson excuse me, messed that up. He was third in touchdown passes under pressure and PFF passing grade when he was kept clean. He only trailed Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. That's better people because remember pressure grades and performance can be a little volatile from year to year. They're usually a smaller sample size of plays that a quarterback was under pressure. And yeah, you know, it's hard to throw when you got guys freaking dragging you to the ground and stuff. So the fact that he was that good and he was kept clean, which is the more stable than two metrics tells you all you need to know. And finally, he is PFF's second highest grade quarterback when throwing past his first read since 2019. So I know the bills, you know, they use a lot of RPO. They use a lot of screens. We got those pop passes to Isaiah McKenzie. There are instances where the design and the scheme uh, from from Brian Dable are able to make life awfully easy on Allen, but make no mistake about it. People like Allen is the engine of this bill's offense. And they would, you know, just not be anywhere near to what they were last year, which was the number two scoring offense in the league uh, without Josh Allen. So with all that said, look, the one again, one issue in terms of where he plays, but I don't think he's in line to necessarily be any worse than that going to next year. PFF ranks the Bills offensive line as the league's 13th best unit ahead of 2021. But I was looking at it, and last year they actually had the 21st highest pressure rate. And on the surface, that's bad. We want our quarterbacks to have time to throw. The problem is that pressure in and of itself is not always the best metric for looking at an offensive line's pass blocking ability. Much better than sacks. I'm not trying to say that. If you have to pick between sacks and pressure, please pick pressure. But with some of the cool stuff of PFF that we can do behind the scenes, I can look at what teams were actually pressured in fewer than two and a half seconds compared to normal. So when we look at that, at that line of reasoning, like how did Josh Allen, how, how often was he pressured when he was getting the ball out quickly? They actually had the eighth best mark in the league in terms of pressure when he was getting the ball out in 2.5 or fewer seconds. And you look around the league where, again, I'm, I was comparing offensive lines and their pressure rate allowed in these situations versus overall. And the better offensive lines than you would think after adjusting for this, the Ravens, the Texans, the Seahawks, and the Bills. Four quarterbacks in Lamar, Watson, Russ, and Josh Allen that we all know make spectacular plays happen after, you know, getting out of the pocket, after avoiding, you know, the first rusher. So, yeah, it makes sense. They hold the ball a little bit longer. Just don't confuse that with their offensive line, you know, being this liability.
And just so you guys know, the four worst offensive lines in this study, not bad offensive lines, but offensive lines that really seem to, you know, perform better because their quarterback consistently got the ball out quickly, the Steelers, the Colts, the Buccaneers, and the Titans. A little surprising on the Colts, but we really got to put more stock behind River's ability to get that ball out, see what the defense is doing before the before a snap and just not having to deal with anything. So it's it's not, I'm not even saying this is the perfect end-all be-all pressure rate. I think we need to add something else to this equation that kind of, you know, better shows maybe the pressure, the usual blitzes that mobile QBs versus statue QBC. But regardless, the Bills offensive line is looking better than ever ahead of 2021, which is great news for Josh Allen and the receiving room people. Stefan Diggs, reputation perceives himself. Nobody racked up more receptions or receiving yards against single coverage in 2020. Anyone's idea of a top five receiver. Cole Beasley, I get it. He's been making headlines for the wrong reasons lately. With that said, PFF's reigning eighth highest graded receiver. And he's not just as small white slot guy that is a floor player last year only calvin ridley Devonte adams Diggs, hopkins justin jefferson and travis kelsey had more games with at least 100 receiving yards than cole beasley five five games hitting triple digits cole beasley had himself a hell of a 2020 we got emmanuel sanders there to replace the artist known as Smokey brown i mean credit to manny i remember he said uh it was like 2017 or so talking about how he's like, yeah, I'm a diva wide receiver. Like what of it? I want the ball. I want to make plays. I absolutely love it. This dude is 34 years old or, you know, just two years removed from a torn Achilles. He played a full 17 games in 2019 because he was traded in the 49ers midway through the year, but to play 17 regular season games a year after the Achilles Absolutely spectacular. Didn't look like he fell off with the Saints last year. His average of 1.99 yards per out run, ranked 23rd among 84 wide receivers with at least 50 targets on the season. You know, at worst, I think he's a more than viable replacement for John Brown. We also got Gabriel Davis, who honestly could be their number three. Dude had 599 receiving yards and seven scores last year. And for those that weren't following me on Twitter during the season, anytime there's like a nullified touchdown or a, uh, you know, overthrown pass where a guy's just wide open downfield, I would make note of it with a sheesh alert and Davis. He had at least two receiving scores nullified by pretty iffy holding call touchdowns. It's not a situation where, you know, he just flat out shoved the cornerback to the ground, got an OPI and the touchdown wouldn't have happened without the penalty. You know, we can talk about if Allen could have gotten the pass off that the holding calls just realize Gabriel Davis was pretty close to almost having nine touchdowns as a rookie as the number four option in this offense. And finally we have Isaiah McKenzie who really fun to watch. I mean, they almost use him just like a running back uh, and he does a good job with it. I mean, he was PFF seventh best wide receiver on targets behind the line of scrimmage among 45 uh, qualified guys just in terms of PFF receiving grades. So the stuff they're able to design for McKenzie always a treat to see. So with all that said, takes us to our PFF Lily, Josh Allen metric. As great as Josh Allen was as a passer last year, and boy, was he ever great. I mean, the counting statistics. Remember the whole issue in 2018, 2019? Never had thrown for over 300 yards. I think we even went back uh, to his collegiate days at Wyoming and came away with the whole takeaway. People were digging through high school accuracy stats to put down Josh Allen. Allen throws with 4,500 yards and 37 touchdowns. It's still his rushing that makes him so special in fantasy land. So our PFF Lily stat, Josh Allen in his first 44 games has 300 carries, 1,562 rushing yards, and 25 touchdowns. Michael Vick in his first 43 games. I just took Vick's first four years, Allen's first three years. Because of that, they're only one game apart. Mike Vick in his first 43 games, 304 rush attempts, so four more than Josh, 2,223 yards, 
almost 700 more rushing yards than Josh Allen. I fully realize Mike Vick is a much better runner of the football than Josh Allen, but just 13 touchdowns. Josh Allen has almost doubled Mike Vick's rushing touchdown line through the same amount of games to start his career. Absolute madness. And that takes me to Josh Allen's 2021 ranking. He is my QB three at the moment. I'm recording this podcast on June 29th. And I just bumped him behind Lamar Jackson the other night when I was going through my rankings. Ultimately, I'm not convinced Josh is going to score eight rushing touchdowns every single year for the rest of time. Now he's done it in three straight years and he's responsible for three of only 12 instances that a quarterback has done that since 2000. So I just think Lamar as a rusher has a higher floor than Josh does at this point. And I think Lamar getting Bateman, even like they have improved the receivers around him. I don't think to the same extent. It, okay. It's not that I don't think they did not improve it to the same extent as adding Stefan Diggs, but we could see Lamar take a little bit of a step forward. And I'm going to use the R word here and I'm sorry, but Josh Allen will probably regress a little bit, not because he's not going to be a better real life quarterback. It's just hard to be that freaking good two years in a row. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers, like did he really, did he really get worse from 2015 to 2020? I don't think so, but his numbers were, and that's what we're trying to follow here. So as much as I want to keep Josh in the top two, and I feel like I'm, you know, ragging on the guy here, even though he's ranked as my QB three, uh, as much as I want him to have up there, I am trying to, you know, project for what's going to happen in 2021, not necessarily just reward guys for what happened in 2020. So I got Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, QB one, QB two, Allen three, Kyler Murray, four, Dak Prescott, five. If you want to flip that order i will not disagree with you they are all in my we have recent proof of overall qb1 ability tier i just think that among these guys lamar has the higher rushing floor mahomes is freaking you know on pace to be the best quarterback we've ever seen give me josh allen over everyone else i'm just a little bit concerned we don't see the same gaudy rushing floor into the future maybe he does he is a freak of nature he's got the size he's got that will i mean remember that thanksgiving game against the cowboys where it's fourth and one qb sneak fumbles a snap and then just proceeds like to walk over the entire defense anyway maybe he keeps it up i just feel like now that the time is closer than ever for them to make you know josh allen the next nine figure quarterback it would make sense to me if we don't see quite as much of a lean on his legs as they get near the goal line again could be wrong but i think qb3 is a good spot for him right now because i just think there's a little more risk uh than we're uh, putting into there he does have the fists off the schedule for the PFF uh, schedule tool into that kind of thing. Uh, we're going to strength the schedule a little later in the off season. I do think it's useful in spots. Uh, just wouldn't let it inform total decisions. So with all that said, I just want to give a quick shout out as I find the ad, give a quick shout out to the PFF college football preview magazine just came out. People, this thing is only seven 99 and it comes with a PFF college grade description it co complete with 600 plus pages of analysis, best returning players for all 130 teams, advanced scheme breakdown, down strength of schedule wind projections and so much more again that's available with any pff college or pff ed subscription so if you don't want to pull the eight bucks all good so people it's great stuff i looked at the ohio state profile because i'm a columbus lifer and chris Olave, i learned has been in the most separation of any collegiate wide receiver over the last two years i'm not surprised the guy runs routes smooth as hell but you know make sure you check out again pff called triple preview magazine great stuff from our guys seth kalina uh, seth kalina anthony triash and many more so great stuff there everybody want to quickly end this episode with a with a, with a rant rant someone told me they liked my little rants at the end of uh these episodes 
episodes and they would call them a Rian, R-I-A-N-T-S. We'll see if it sticks, whatever. I did want to say one thing though, because I was cleaning up my office yesterday, just got back from vacation, had clothes everywhere and I'm putting stuff in my closet and I had a crisis. Where do you put the Hawaiian shirts in your closet? Cause they have collars on them. So do I put them with the other collar shirts where they seem out of place? You know, maybe they're not comfortable or do I put them with the normal t-shirts and all of a sudden it's like, well, what are you trying to prove to me with your collar and your bright colors? Ultimately, I think they should go in the formal section. Cause it's kind of like a nice surprise. You know, you're picking out your collar shirt for work if you're into that kind of thing and you see like a hawaiian shirt to me that's like more fun than when you're picking out like a workout shirt and you see a hawaiian shirt then you're like kind of bummed you're not going on vacation you're just getting a shirt so my official stance at this moment and i'm you know if i get new information maybe i'll change it i think hawaiian shirts need to go in the formal section of your closet not necessarily because they belong there but i think it presents the best vibe when you're picking out your wardrobe Thanks as always for listening to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. New episodes every single day throughout the summer. I hope you enjoy Andrew Erickson's and I's uh, you know wild card episode we had released today as well. You know had some I mentioned this before, but vacations over the past few weeks got away uh, from having Andrew on every week. We will be back with him though every Wednesday moving forward. And I have a long list of fantasy analysts. I'm also looking forward to getting on here throughout the summer. Start getting some more just kind of larger preview editions. As much as I love uh, this you know hundred part series we got going right now. So this has been the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Ian Harditz. Until next time, take care, everybody.